30 minutes or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was a whole forty five. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I got I'm all rested up and fired up and ready to go. I'm ready to be here this morning, Jerry. Oh, good, good. All right, this portion of the show is brought to you by Spectrum Ina Road Auto Collision. Uh, they're located over there on. Hang on, just a second. Forty four. I know it, but as soon as I see it, I'm gonna mess it up. Forty four twenty five West Ina Road. Phone number seven four four forty four fifty four. Um, excellent collision center. Just, you know, if you crash, just, just call Frontier Towing and pick up the vehicle, get a claim, take it over there, get a claim number, and then everything's done. Oh, in fact, what is the procedure on that, Jimbo? As far, as far as crashing your car, Jerry, it's, it's pretty easy. All you have to do is drive, drive like Braille. (laughs) Hey, I don't, I don't drive like you do, buddy. I'm very cautious. In fact, my son told me, he said, you, I think I'll just do the world a favor and take you off the road. Either that or stay with the speed limit. I said, I am. Everybody else is speeding. <laughs> but here's oh, the thing, anyway. Jerry. You, you could be the safest guy out there. It's the other 50 people you got to worry about that's going to crash into you. Hey, You're just driving along, minding your own business, and all of a sudden, bang. Well... And then what's the procedure? Well, you see a lot of this. You see a heck of a lot more than I do. So what's the procedure on that? Let's say I I crash and I don't know nothing. I know nothing about the procedure. Well, well, first off, let's let's all go with the the premise that we're not going to crash today. But if you do, for some reason, get in an emergency situation where there's a crash, you know, your vehicle is disabled. First things first, are you okay? If you are not okay, 911, get medical attention immediately. That's the very first thing. Okay? Let's, let's take care of ourselves first because cars, cars, cars can come second. Cars are okay. They'll be fine. They don't care if they get wrecked. They don't care if they roll downhill. They don't care if they run. They don't care if they leave us stranded in the desert. They don't care anything about us. They just they just exist on their own platform. So we got to exist on our own platform, right? <laughs> Why don't you just tell it like it is? <laughs> well, okay, you know, right, we, we we have a we we have a lot of affection with cars. You know, we call them, you know men, us men. We call cars our girly names. You know, we we rub them and shine them and and you know and and caress them and tell them that they're great. But they don't care back. There's no love back for us. They're just like whatever. There you go. Uh, I, yeah, I left you stranded in the middle of the road. Now deal with it. See how this works today. So. Uh, Assuming that that you're okay, assuming that you have a crash or a flat tire or or the car just stalls and quits running because, you know, they just, believe it or not, you can be driving down the road and that thing can just say, hey, I'm done. I, I'm, I am no longer working today. I am on vacation. I'm checking out. So <laughs> the first thing's first. Get, if, if able Get yourself to a safe area. If you're in the middle of the road and you can, and you have a flat tire and you can get off the road to a parking lot, do so. That way you don't cause a wreck for somebody else or somebody doesn't crash into you because the guy behind you who's checking out his Facebook page, going down the road, looking at it going, oh, cool, look at this new Facebook stuff, and then crashes into you, is going to go, oh, did you even see you there? Well, yeah, hard to see what's in front of you when you're looking down at your lap on the phone trying to figure out what's cool on Facebook today. 
I, I know nobody does it, but magically it happens every day. So, so if, if we can get off to the side of the road, you know, where that's safe, and then you can, then you can um, uh, call for assistance, that's good to go. So then, what, once you've established that, the next procedure is because most people who do not practice emergency situations every day, they don't, they don't, you know, we don't go through life thinking what's going to happen if my car breaks down, what's going to, what's going to take place. You know, nobody, nobody really practices that. They don't, even in driver's ed, when I took it about, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, when it was, you know, still, still a horse-drawn buggy and one, one cylinder gas engine. They don't, uh, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, nobody teaches that stuff. So you get to learn it, you know, kind of like on the job training. Uh, here you go. Here's your car. Take off. Good luck. <laughs> no, nobody bothers to teach people how, oh how to handle an emergency situation. Maybe they should. Maybe they should have a class. Even, even in defensive driving school, you don't, nobody tells you this stuff. They, they talk about, you know, how, what to do and to avoid a you know how to how to not speed and things like that, but really they should teach you you know on the job training of hey here's what happens when the car stalls now what nobody teaches that so like all of us we get to learn it on the job um, most most people that get in an emergency situation have a highly emotional reaction they get they panic they, hey happens to me and I do it for a living I still get excited about it. So most most people try and call a friend, call a family member. Hey, I'm stuck. What do I do? And then you kind of prevail a, a little bit of a of a more rational, less excited uh, opinion on the roadway. Once you get that going, you can kind of make sense of what you're supposed to do, and you can figure out how to attack the problem, which is either the car stopped, I got in a crash. Um, what is it I need to do? And from there, then it's easy. Then you just pick up the phone and call us. We'll come get you. Okay. That makes sense. You know, it's it's almost like when I tell people to go ahead and put Frontier Towing's phone number on a card and put it in your dash where it's easy accessible because when this stuff happens, I know now if I have a fender bender or something like that, it's not near as dramatic as it was, you know, back when, you know, you crashed the buggy, as you say. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just no big deal. You've got insurance. The first thing is, yeah, okay, yep, all the limbs on my body still moving. I'm not bleeding. I'm still alive. I'm good. Now, we can worry about the vehicle later on. I'll just call Frontier Towing, have them pick it up, call me insurance company. Now what? Yeah, now that we hit the car, now you just got to figure out what to do to the car, you know. And some people, you know, a lot of people don't know what to do with the car. This, you know, again, this is not a practice procedure. You know, you call your insurance today. Do you even get a hall, talk to somebody who's at, at the office, or do you get a a voicemail, or you know, you got to email them. Hey, my car was wrecked. What do I do? You know, I mean, like you said, Jerry, take it to a. If you have a shop, take it to a shop. We we store cars all the time for people and law enforcement um, till they till the insurance can figure out what to do with it. Some cars, you know, are minor minor collisions, so they don't. So it's an easy repair. Some cars, you know, are deceiving, and and there's a lot a lot of hidden damage that you can't see that nobody knows. Like the guys at, at uh, 
Spectrum Auto Collision, no, they you can't see anything until you tear it down and go, hey, oh, by the way, this is bent back here that nobody can see, and until we got the whole front end off this car, now we can see it, and mm-hmm. the car is a total loss. Mm-hmm. So, and that's and that's really hard to do on the side of the road. You you're not going to know. Oh, it doesn't look that bad, mom. I I swear, it, mom, it's not that bad. <laughs> I hear this every day. It's not that bad, Mommy. It's on the fender. It's okay. It won't be that big of a deal. I, it, I, you know, it wasn't my fault. The tree just just jumped in front of me. You know that sign pool. It, it was. It was. It was. It had. It had my name on it. Didn't you see? They were. They were all gathered together there. The signs were all gathered together. And this one, you know, took like a lottery. They pulled short straws, and that one jumped in front of me. I, I swear that's all that happened. It wasn't. You know, I was. I was. I was doing everything correctly. So, uh, but so, but you know, so when you get after, you know, after you realize that that sign pole just had your had your name on it, and it's going to tell you that you know you, you and it are going to have a meeting today, and it's not going to be good for you. Um, once you get over that emotional uh, um, interaction within you and the car and the sign pole, because you're already the third wheel out here, the car and the sign pole already made these decisions long before you got a chance to. <laughs> you're just a passenger in that car. You, you didn't even get an option to make that decision. So <laughs> once, once, you, once you get over that and realize that you were in charge, um, you know, you look at the car and, and you don't think it's too bad. And like I say, you get it up to those guys like at Ida Road, and they pull the wheels off, and they pull the fenders off, and they go, oh, hey. Yeah, it's a little bit more complicated than you thought. You see this this control arm here? It's torn off, and it's the frame is now damaged. So and now we're talking about extensive amount of work. And then that's where the insurance guy goes, okay, yeah, I get it. It's, it's, it's only got 179,000 miles. It's a 2002. I know you love it. It is probably not going to fix for the cost of the car. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and um, total loss this thing, and out the door goes. And if you had insurance with, you know, comprehensive or collision coverage, you can maybe get a little money. If you had liability, you get to buy a new car. If you uh, – <clears throat> you know, that maybe we ought to uh, team up and uh... – Get an insurance agent on the radio program and go through some of this stuff. Because I've had the – well, actually, my experience with the insurance has been really interesting, especially when they stole my 99 Ford truck. And uh, I, I don't understand what their policy was, and I'm not going to go ahead and uh, – uh, <laughs> fill you in on that whole program because that would take most of this hour. But <laughs> stolen vehicles, um, when when you do a uh, – you go out on the road and you pick these things up, all right? Most of them have towing insurance, right? All right. Do I pay you right then or do you bill the insurance company? So, well, the, the way it works is this, is if um, insurance companies don't pay us directly unless they call us directly um, because we're not the insured. So they, they don't – their policy is that they don't issue payment directly right. to a non-insured person. So mm-hmm. um, normally the procedures, if we take it up to, to the body shops, like Ina Road, um, we bill the body shop, and then the body shop uh, pays us, and then they put it all in one claim, and then the insurance company pays them. That's the norm. If you just want your car 
you know, take him to the to the yard. We just take it to the yard and mm-hmm. hold on to it until the insurance company comes and picks it up, and then the insurance company will pay us directly because it's at our facility. If if you want to just if you if you if it's not bad like you Jerry you know you're driving down the road and you realize that you know you know the the signpost was not your friend today and and you're like yeah it's not that bad I do know what to do and we take it to your house and you just mm-hmm. pay us direct and and then we'll give you a receipt and if most insurance companies will reimburse you if you have th- that type of coverage that type of towing coverage okay. on your policy mm-hmm. so okay but um, uh, now you did. A- I'm sorry. Uh, you did a job for me one time over to shop where you come over and picked up a uh, 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 RV van that had uh, slipped off a rack. And, you know, and then when you did it, I, and, of course, I was there watching everything, and everything y'all did was perfect. But in order to get it out of the situation it was in, we actually created more damage on the thing. Now, uh, my insurance company, they got on that thing, and it was covered 100%. They did an excellent job on it uh, as far as getting that son of a gun put back together. It took a while because it was RV, but they finally got it. And that was not the insurance company's fault. That was the, you know, the, uh, uh, the place that we had it sent in order to repair it because it was an RV and it had a RV stuff. But I didn't have any problem at all with that. Now I have heard and seen a lot of vehicles in the 45 years I've been in business at Simmons for before. And they're, the the one that I don't care for is the one the the vehicle that comes in and it, it's somebody uh, he hit a, a left front uh, fender or something like that hit a left front fender just bumped it you know maybe did about three or four hundred dollars now probably three or four thousand dollars worth because everything's hooked into the front fender but and then the owners of the vehicles will come in and say oh says, well, it messed up my drive line. okay? I absolutely cannot handle consumer fraud with insurance. I lose my mind because I think, well, one, it's stealing, and I just I can't get my head around that, never have been able to, and I'm old enough to know the difference between the two. But why, I mean, okay, so you got something, uh, uh, it's a crash, what is in what is your version of insurance fraud? Well, what is your opinion? You you, you you nailed it right on the head there. It's it's theft. It's it's illegal. It's theft. It's prosecutable. You know, it's go to jail time because insurance companies are very serious. They have a lot of money and they're very serious about you taking advantage of them. I uh, mm-hmm. I'll tell you a quick story. I had a, a vehicle. We towed a vehicle to the yard and it had a a very small. Um, it had a small scratch on the rear bumper. So, I mean, you know, the bumper was had maybe like a, a a vertical scratch that was two inches long. You know, it wasn't it wasn't really bad at all. The it was from a rearing collision. The car was totally drivable, but there was a, a you know small bumper cover damage. You know, guys like right. uh, Iron Road could pull the bumper cover off, put a new cover on, or fix the bumper and paint it right. So the adjuster had come out and taken photos, and he comes back, and we'd looked at the car, and we'd had photos of the car, and this was years ago. And so then they came back to us and said, hey, we need to verify the condition of the vehicle that was in your yard. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they bring us photos. 
And um, they're showing us the photos. I'm like, yeah, that, that's it. It, it. That was this little red car, and it had a little small scratch. He goes, no, 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 this is how the customer showed it to us. And the whole bumper was caved in, like you got, put it in reverse at 40 and backed into one of those big poles, you know, that one of the barrier poles. And the whole Yeah, the one that moved out in front of you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one wasn't backwards. It jumped out from behind him, you know. And, and uh, the whole back was caved in. So bad you couldn't open the trunk. And I'm like, yeah, no, that wasn't like that. Um, we, yeah, it wasn't like that at all. And here's how we have it. And the guy's like, yeah, this is fraud. Uh, actual theft, you know. So they, you know, basically mm-hmm. put a trunk claim against the guy and, and took him to jail. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it people people have this misnomer about insurance that, if they pay a dollar, not everybody. Let me rephrase that. Not everybody, but some right. people have a misnomer that if I pay a dollar for insurance, I need to get a, my dollar back from the insurance. And look, mm-hmm. I bought insurance in case something really bad happens. You know, if you buy insurance mm-hmm. with something really that for that really bad happens, you know, now I have I have extended protection. I'm protecting my family and myself and my business or my assets from from a, a damage that I may have incurred. Not intentionally, but just, you know, things go wrong during life. Um, where right. some people will be like, well, I paid insurance, so they need to pay me back 150% of whatever I paid them. Well, yeah, it doesn't work that way. And we can get an insurance guy on. I know I know bunches of them. I know, I know bunches of insurance people from all over walks of life because I get to deal with these guys. I'll call any one of them you want, and we'll bring them on the show sometimes you'd like to. <laughs> they, they, can, they can give you the gamut from the top to the bottom side, left and right. Um, and, you know, by the end of the day, we'll both be wishing we had drank a lot more coffee because we'll be pretty tired or <laughs> pretty sleepy. <laughs> But uh, no, they're good guys. They, they they can explain it a lot better than me. But yeah, insurance fraud is um is you know when you when you uh, allege, in my opinion, when you allege there's uh, a damage to a vehicle that didn't occur at the incident, you know that's that's fraud. Right. And you're right. The the drive shaft issue from a front from a front fender. Yeah, I mean, okay, you have to really stretch that. You know, oh, um, it, it, it's funny, um, um. We watch adjusters in the, when they come to our yard, and you know they'll look at a car, and then they'll look and see you know if there's pre-existing damage on the vehicle. Because generally speaking, you don't get a 20-year-old car that doesn't have scratches on it. And most most cars right. after 20 years old have have a few scratches here or there, you know, door dings. Even if even the best drivers like you, Jerry, don't have have issues. Uh-huh. But when they do, after they do the, when they look at a vehicle that's been involved in a crash, they'll look at the front, and then you know they'll look to see if the car spun around, if there's ancillary damage that that occurred during the collision, um, that that was caused because the car was it hit another hit something else, or it spun around and hit the hit the other the first vehicle twice, or if it hit a pole, or I mean because the dynamics of vehicles in motion is very interesting. It, they just seem to fly all over the place, and you don't really get an option to figure out what goes where. You know, even you as a driving, driver of the vehicle don't understand everything that's happening while it's happening because it happens so quickly. But that's, right. uh, and, and those guys, the guys, the adjuster guys, they understand. They look at a car and go, oh, yeah, so this is because they've seen it like you. You know, you've seen the car with the – you've seen the Ford with the, with the spark plug blown out of the, out of the, out of the head, you know, a bunch of times. Yep. And and they and they look at the cars and go oh yeah oh yeah so this and you they'll even tell you so see this damage occurred because 
you, if we're looking at the front end, we looked at the crash site, we looked at the police report, and we can tell that this actual damage on this vehicle occurred due to the accident. But on the other hand, this damage over here is not have to do with the accident. You can tell it's older, or it, it doesn't. This it, this part of the car did not even come anywhere close to being co colliding with any other any other item on the street or the other car. So mm -hmm. it's um mm -hmm. they're they're pretty good about it, but. Uh, you know, of course, nobody's really happy with their assessments, you know, because, you know, well, your car you know, is $20 million. And then there's another side of it. Um, you know, a collision is a collision. If you have a four-wheel drive and you're paying, well, one, you're going to be paying a little more insurance anyway because it's a four-wheel drive. And you go up on Reddington Pass and you're going up on a weekend and you're just cruising along at about a half a mile per hour and you, you roll it over a rock and it picks up, uh, uh, it rips off the, or opens up the back end of the differential cover and leaks the oil out of it. You keep going on up because I mean, after all, it didn't stop. It just busted the <laughs> lid loose on the back end of it and it all leaked out. And then you drive on up, and then you, uh, you know, you finish your weekend. You come on back in. All of a sudden, this thing is screaming on the way home because you got up to road speed now, and everything. Uh, now the no oil in the differential actually is is created a problem. We had one come into the shop, and I asked the guy. I said, "Did you contact your insurance company?" And he says, "Well, no. I hit a rock. I was off road. It's a four wheel drive." You know, they know you're going off road with it. So why don't you call your insurance company? Because this is going to be a pretty good sized ticket because you fried everything in there and actually heated and warped the housing. And oh, good lord! So he 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 called he called his insurance company and the insurance company. Now let me tell you what we do at Simmons when the insurance guy comes out for adjustment to look at this. We put that son of a gun on a rack. We take it up in the air so that the insurance adjuster can go under it, take all the pictures he wants to. We can adjust the height of that vehicle. We can take it up, take it down, and he will. He, they know enough about it to say, what's the probability of this? Now, if you break the shocks out the, uh, off the housing while you hit a rock or something when you're out, don't be afraid to call your insurance company. I mean, it's a claim. Yeah, you're going to wind up paying for it, but it's quite expensive. Uh, so, you know, look at your deductibles while you're doing all of this stuff and find out, okay, it, this is going to be a, a $600 repair. I've got a $500 deductible. Uh, is it really worth turning it in and having a claim on it? And then I get this all the time and they said, oh, <clears throat> well, my insurance company is really good. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so, you know, one claim, it won't affect the rates on my vehicle at all. Well, it may not affect the rates on your vehicle, but most people will shop their insurance because it's kind of like buying uh, uh, You look for specials when you go get groceries or anything like that. People, you know, 80% of the millionaires actually use coupons. That's reading that's re you're probably millionaires. But when you get that, you get that mentality, and then they come in, and it just it it's a it's a whole different ball game. Um, I don't uh, hang on. Do, do, do. So let, let me explain how it works yep, in the commercial world. Go ahead. 
Let, let me explain huh? how it works in the commercial world. So we buy insurance because we drive a lot of trucks, mm-hmm. okay? And so we, we have insurance. Right. We have a million dollars worth of liability coverage. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also have coverage that covers the vehicle that sits on the tow truck. And so that they call that cargo coverage, okay? So we have right. to buy, we have to pay extra for the for the so as we're driving down the road and we have to pay extra to cover the car that's on the tow truck. Um, mm-hmm. If we file a claim, what when we we shop for for insurance every year? I've been using the same guy for I don't know twenty five years, I think maybe twenty seven years. Mm-hmm. Because um, he's mm-hmm. a good guy, he knows what to do. He's he, it, towing is his industry. Um, but what happens is, is, if I file a claim, they automatically log it on to what they call my loss runs, which is just a, basically a big a big sheet that says, you know, you paid this much premium and we paid this much out, and then they take that and they add it on to my premium next year and go again. There you go. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have to be we have to be super careful about just just willy nilly turning in a claim. They don't they're, they're okay with claims, you know. If you have a, an incident where that requires a claim, they're fine with that. But if you uh, right. if if you think you're just going to turn in the if you're going to turn in you know uh, uh, you your guy was driving down the road and and he and he ran over some debris in the road and you had, had a front tire blew out and then it, it damaged the rim. So the front tire on the truck alone is five hundred and seventy dollars, and the front rim is about four hundred. So there's nine hundred right there. If you think you're going to turn that in right. and get and get money back, you are sorely mistaken. So you know, and somebody goes, "Wow, a thousand dollars for a rim and a tire?" Yeah, that's what happens in, when you drive trucks. You know, uh, you know, it's like yep. having a super custom wheel. You know, if, if you're if you were driving down the road and you and you blew out your tire and uh, on your on your Dodge truck and and you and it was five hundred dollars. You'd be like, oh, it's five hundred bucks, and go on with life. And most likely, that would be you would you would have just maybe got to your deductible, and the insurance guy would be like, yeah, it's not worth doing. You're not, we're not going to cover. We're going to cover fifty one dollars of your five hundred. So, hmm, hmm. But it goes on as a claim. Oh, I, I know goes on as a claim. Going that while ago, when you change insurance companies. If you go out and you shop for insurance, like a lot of people do, you shop for insurance, and they pull up your records, and they say, <clears throat> well, uh, Mr. Simmons, you had uh, uh, this claim, uh, this claim, uh, this claim, or you know, whatever shows up on your records as something as simple, and they're no longer simple because they're very expensive, a windshield replacement. Now, when you turn in a windshield replacement, you got free replacement on the glass. People, there ain't no free rides. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that will come back eventually and get you because if you change insurance companies, that goes in as a claim. It goes in as That's a claim. A- you don't pay a dime, but it goes in as a claim. So when you're they're looking at your history for another potential quote from another insurance company, they're going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And you think, wow, that's a heck of a lot higher than who I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. And um, so just be careful when you're doing that. The other thing that I I run across in my short uh, time in business is liability insurance. You know, I didn't realize 
at, uh, when I first started in business that, uh, you know, all towing companies, these little towing companies, that they'll tow for a lot less than uh, Frontier Towing will because Frontier Towing actually has a legitimate operating business and has all this insurance and stuff like this. I didn't know that you could, at that time, you could run a tow truck and not have liability insurance to cover the car that I sent you out. Well, that comes back to Simmons Enterprises, Simmons 4 before, because if I send a, a tow truck out to pick up a vehicle, they damage that vehicle. That guy has no liability insurance or no transport insurance, whatever you called it. Then Simmons is responsible for that because I contracted this vehicle to go out. They don't have liability insurance. Therefore, my liability insurance has to come in and take care of the thing. So it's funny you say that, Jerry, because I've had that conversation with shops. You'll get the conversation, and, and you're exactly right. You are 100% correct. I've had the conversation where a shop will call and say, hey, um, do you have, um, and it's like a question mark, do you have uh, cargo insurance, on-hook insurance? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, great. That's what I need to know. And then, so then a lot of shops, like with you, we'll, we'll send them a certificate showing, validating our insurance. You know, here's what we have, here's our insurance carrier, and here's what we have, and we'll send it to them. We send them thousands out mm-hmm. every year because people request them. Um, and so that guy was like, yeah, the last guy had didn't have that, and the car got damaged, and he just said sorry. And the customer was like, hey, and they went against my insurance, and he was, you know, very, very upset. Um, it's a, it's illegal right. to operate a tow truck that way, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Um, well, welcome to Arizona. Also, what else I was going to tell you about the claims thing? Um, so this is what my, my the insurance guys I deal with tell me: when um, an insurance company is a business, they want to make money, and they want to make lots of money. Whether they do or not, I don't know, but they want to make their goal is to make they lots do. of money. So, so when they, they when you when you you were saying something about claims, you know, um, and you're right. If if you have a ton of claims on your record, they look at you as a bad risk because my God, look at all these incidents you have. So you must be doing a bunch of things wrong if you have this many incidents, because they they specifically know how and statistically the people who carry more data than anybody on the planet is an insurance company. They know that the average person has 1.7 claims in a year. And if you have 12, they're like, yeah, you're not a very good risk. We don't want to put our money out to protect you, but you're going to take our money from us. The also thing they look at is, is what they call premium dollars to losses. So premium dollars is how much you pay in insurance. For example, let's say you pay $900 a year in insurance, and you you're, you have three claims, and that was that to, those three claims totaled four thousand dollars in 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 claims dollars, right? So you were you were almost you were four times what the premium dollars were. Well, that's mm-hmm. you know four hundred percent. They want to be they want to be at less than twenty percent. So if you have pay a thousand dollars out, they want it, they want you to have the windshield claim of 150 bucks, and that's it, and they're good with that. After that, when it starts, right. when it approaches over 20 percent, they are no longer happy to have you as a customer. They want your money, and we all hear this joke every single time. It's like the it's like the the person who messes with your the server who messes with your food because you were mean to them. You know, oh, if you file a claim, the insurance company's just going to charge you back. Well, yeah, they actually have that. In their in their business model, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
719-1490. You can join us anytime you want to because we'll just keep going. 719-1490 if you're listening out there and you're driving around and you've got a Bluetooth or something so that you can call us. By all means, 719-1490. If you've got any, uh, any helpful hints that you've learned through life's experiences that you'd like to share with the listening audience, um, by all means, 719-1490. Um, or if you're an insurance agent and you yeah. know this stuff, jump on. Tell us the way it really is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You're welcome to join us here because I am not an insurance agent anymore. I used to be when I was in the finance industry years and years and years and years ago, you know, at wow. least two weeks. Was, um, I was going to say that was a while ago, wasn't but, it? Yeah. But I was, you know, we were talking about windshields, and windshields, you know, uh, if you come down here and get this windshield done, we'll give you a, a, a weekend in Las Vegas, all expensive paid. And I'm going, holy cow! But the windshields on these late model vehicles, when you go get them, I mean, they've got antennas in them, they've got everything else in them. Those things are not inexpensive. And when you get them put in, I actually had one put in years ago in a little truck it was running around in, a little delivery truck. And uh, I went down, and I just I called this one glass shop. Yeah, we got one. You know, it's like $125. Okay, so put it in. Holy crap. You, I don't know where who made the glass, but evidently they blew it out of a end of a pipe or something like that because <laughs> it had more waves in it than the Pacific Ocean. And you couldn't look at you couldn't look across the windshield. You had to look straight out. If you looked to the right or to the left, you had lines in it. And I'm going. I took it back and I says, "Hey, this windshield is garbage." That's soon as I picked it up, and I said, "I can't see this. It makes me sick when I turn my head with all the waves and stuff in it." And uh, they did make it right. They did, and they said, "Yes, yeah, so some of them come through, but that's the reason it's a daggone cheap." You know, they they put that stuff out. But a windshield, I would say probably the average cost on a windshield now is upwards of 500 And it's, it's just no longer inexpensive. But there's a reason for it. it. It's not like my 68 Mustang that has a windshield. That's it. It don't have any antennas in it. It don't have any sensors in it. So your windshield wipers come on when the... When the drops of rain hit the windshield or you drive through a broken sprinkler and the light and the, uh, the wipers come on. But they're very expensive, so be careful with that. Um, now, on uh, crashes, all right, well, i got a couple of things I want to hit. Uh, one is, uh, well, let's just stay with the crashes. Let's just stay with the crashes and what an insurance agent may find under the bottom side of a, uh, a vehicle. All right, now, recently... We put in the state-of-the-art front-end alignment system like Brian's got or compatible to Brian's over at uh, Automotive Specialist. And we originally, when I had the Hunter system in, Hunter system, alignment system, we used to do checks for uh, it measures all the whole daggone vehicle. And we did, I paid for the machine by actually doing things for body shops before they upgraded all their equipment. And it's, when, when you have a crash on the road anymore, and it may not appear to be that severe, don't be, you, you know, when you're explaining to them for the kids, when they're explaining to the parents, 
oh, I was going five mile an hour when I hit this. Yeah, okay. Well, five mile an hour, and you hit it with the plastic. Every, and the vehicle is about 15 years old, so all the plastic in it is done dried out, and it's brittle. And you hit it, and it goes crunch, 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 crunch. Well, you take it into a body shop. You take it over to uh, Ina Road Collision Center and uh, over to Spectrum, and he gets in there and starts looking. He says, oh, my gosh. He said, every fastener on the front end of that thing is busted loose. The brackets are busted, everything. Well, this thing went from a, oh, it didn't, didn't even hardly look like it was hit, to massive repairs. You can't see it. I can't see it. And the only one who can see it is actually you've got to expose it to see it. It's just like in search and rescue. If we can't see it, we can't fix it. If we can't find it, we can't fix it. And so it's the same thing on these automobiles. They're a bunch of plastic now. And they say, oh, well, you know, it just, it just, it's lighter and it's better for the economy and because you don't burn as much fuel and you go on and on and on, try to justify it. It's a piece of plastic in Arizona. Arizona sun yeah, you and UVs eat plastic. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that, Jerry, because that is exactly true. Um, that when a manufacturer puts these together, you know, in 2021, the clips are perfect. You know, the, they, they, they hold great. Everything goes in perfect. It snaps together, and, and they can push them out the assembly line like nobody's business. But you're right. It's 115 degrees in the summertime. There's no humidity in the air whatsoever. And, you, like you say, you barely touch them, and the, pl- the little plastic clips break. Well, you know, you just can't buy the little plastic clips anymore. they got to come with the bumper because that's how they sell them. That's why we know better than to sell just the little plastic clips. Everybody just put the clips back on because they break every single time. No matter, even if you're just driving and you, and you, and you roll into your garage and you hit the garage wall and, and you push it in and, and they break. Oh, I just need the little clip. Yeah, we don't sell those. You gotta buy. You gotta buy the the uh, whole. You gotta buy the whole bumper cover just because that's how we sell the clips. Or let me do you one better. It's not clips. It's double stick tape. Granted, it's good double stick tape. But once it gets, once you take it off, you're not putting any more double stick tape back on there. You now you have to figure out some way to put it back together. Well, that comes with a new bumper and a whole lot of sanding and cleaning and prepping because you can't just put the stuff the double stick tape back on dirty on a dirty part. It won't stick. Yeah, I was, I was right. so mad the other day. I, I was I have this little Jeep. I have a little Jeep Cherokee, right? And um, mm-hmm. I was I was I was I was mad as anything. So I I um I go I'm working on it, and I, I and of course you know because I'm I'm you know I'm I'm sure I can do everything on myself. And I and I I'm working mm-hmm. on this thing, and I I think I was working on the battery, and I and I left and I laid down, and I hit. There's a little line that goes to the to the vacuum booster on this car. A little plastic line, no big deal. And what did I do? I cracked. The, there's a little fitting on this car that goes to a vacuum pump because it doesn't use engine vacuum. It actually has a vacuum pump to run the to run the brakes, right? Ah, uh, no problem. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little right angle. You can see it. You. It would take you literally four minutes to change. You take out the little screw. You put the new piece in there. Oh no 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 no! You won't buy that. I so I go to Jeep. I say, hey, I need to get this part. And they're looking through the whole thing. Nope, that, that, they can't get that part. The guy finally finds it. You have to buy the vacuum pump to get the get the little the get the little uh, fitting that goes on there. A hundred and fourteen dollars for the vacuum pump. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then I got to pull the whole I got to pull half the motor off to change the vacuum pump. 
because because I broke because I because I I just barely touched it, you know. Because well, even though it's only a four year old car, five year old car, it's 155 degrees under the or 200 degrees under the hood all day long, and the, and I barely touched it, and it right. broke. Happens every single day. Those front clips on the front of the bumpers, they shatter like like glass. They're like brittle glass, and they just go into a billion pieces. So. Yep. So, like you said, you're sitting there going, "You're right." You pull the, you get that, like, "Oh, it's going to be no big deal." Right now, it's a huge deal. All of a sudden, your little, your little, your little crash is now a gargantuan deal. And the guy's like, "Well, this is what it takes to fix it." But it, it, it's a clip. I know it just needs three clips. Yeah, I know it's it's fourteen hundred dollars. My, you know, the tail light assembly and the light assemblies on these vehicles. True story. Wife went to a doctor's appointment. Backed ends because they didn't want them to steal the $5,000 tailgate on that Ford. And she backed in. And this tree, now, you got to remember, there is a backup camera on this vehicle. She pulls in. She looks. She didn't see anything. She backs in. She's, she's a pretty good driver as far as being careful. All of a sudden, she hears a crack, crack, crack. A tree limb in a parking lot come down, and it went in an elbow shape and backed up. <laughs> so when you look in the mirror, you can see the tree top, but you can't see how the limb come out and made an elbow and went up. She backed that truck right into that limb, and that thing cracked. And so she said, oh, it's a tail, it's a tail light, no big deal, you know. So she calls over to the shop, and she told Wade, tells Wade to go ahead and order a tail light, and she'll be in to get it installed. So... Wade orders a tail light. She comes in. Wade installs it for Mama for free, and um, the price on the tail light, a tail light on the 2017 Ford, right rear, four hundred dollars for a tail light lens. <laughs> wow. That's exactly what she said. It was just wasn't quite that like she said, holy crap or something like that. I think she used the other wow. word. Um I thought that that was very expensive. And you know, I remember a long time ago Johnny Cash come out with one piece at a time with a Cadillac <laughs> and uh yep. he one piece at a time and when he got through it fourteen thousand some some fourteen thousand whatever. And he actually had a Cadillac built that way to back up his song. And I thought that was really cool. But if you take a headlight, uh, front-end headlight on a, on a, a Dodge, a Dodge truck, and you go in because they get all covered up and you don't know to go over to uh, Spectrum and get the headlights clean. And so you said, oh, I'll just replace it. And you go in and buy an aftermarket headlight bucket. Before you get through with two headlight buckets on the front end of a 06 Dodge, you're going to have $550 in just parts for two headlight buckets. If you do that on the front and then you break the taillights on the rear, well, the taillights on the rear, I remember when you used to be able to go down and buy taillights for 20 bucks, 25 bucks, and put them on there, change the outside lens. Now you've got to buy the whole assembly. They no longer sell them separately. You have to buy the whole, assemb whole assembly. If you price the F-150 out one piece at a time, <laughs> it 
that thing would probably cost you $150,000. I know or that more. Cadillac actually did, Cadillac, yeah, Cadillac run a survey on building a Cadillac from a parts. In other words, I'm going to buy all the individual parts and put it in a Cadillac. That Cadillac at the time was retailing out the door for about 31000 I think it was. If they went and bought all the parts, it was hundred, like a hundred and forty some thousand dollars to build the same Cadillac the same year that you just bought for about thirty two grand. And I'm going, holy cow! So the parts industry is doing well out there. It's doing very well. In fact, I get shocked almost every time I even price a part. I'm going, you have got to be kidding me! You know, collaboration. The headline is simple. The headlight assembly on our trucks, if you buy one of the plastic, it's a big plastic headlight assembly. They're over $900 each. Well, then you're going to have over your headlights. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, they, and that, what happens is they, they short out inside. They, they, get, they short out on the inside because they, they get old and they, the, the connections aren't that great. Or whatever. Well, why? Because so we can sell a nine hundred dollar headlight assembly, I guess. And you, yeah, you, you'll, you won't go anywhere without one. You'll buy one, and you're not going to buy one aftermarket. And they don't really sell them used because they usually get wrecked. So yeah, nine hundred bucks. Holy cow! And they wonder why it costs oh, oh. money to be in business. Um, yeah, and, and you know if go ahead. Oh no! It's just, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a, the, you're you are one hundred percent right. The parts business is crazy. You know, hey, we did a power steering pump on one of the trucks the other day. It was it was fourteen hundred dollars for the pump. The gearboxes are three thousand dollars each, and you're and you're just like, oh my lord. You just you're just crying. You're uh, AC compressor. Uh, uh, this is no lie. An, an AC compressor for an Azuzi truck uh, called Vanguard. It's called Vanguard. Twenty seven hundred dollars for the compressor. Just the compressor. I'm like, are you guys nuts? Yeah, yeah, that's what it costs. Like, no, there's got to be somebody. We got to have one cheap. We got to find. How can we wire one? Let's get a generator and put one on the back of this truck. I'm like, are you nuts? Seven one nine fourteen ninety. You can join in the fun. Seven one nine fourteen ninety. You can talk to Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing. and you can talk to Simmons. Uh, and yet, no, I haven't run out of things to talk about. Uh, last week. Last week, Jim and I were on the show, and we were talking. After we, we started talking, uh, after they had a little phone call, and we were talking about something else. I found it absolutely amazing when Jim made the statement, you cannot change a tire on an electric vehicle. What in the world is that all about? But they, they don't you said you – you, they, they don't define what the car is. I'm waiting. Yeah, they they don't supply them with the cars. There's no there's no tire. You have to take it back to the to the dealer to get the tire. They don't. They, there's no there's no tire. There's no spare tire on the car. On the electric. They, they don't vehicle? furnish the car with a, They don't furnish the car with a spare tire, and it takes a special tool to take it off. Really. Really? Yeah. They don't. There's so no, if you have they, a flat tire and you're driving an electric car, you're calling Frontier Towing. At seven four eight eleven hundred to come and get you and get you off the road, just correct. 
That's correct. That's correct. Uh, you you don't it's it, it's and it's electric cars. So they're a whole new breed on their own. And I mean, it's uh, I was we were having the conversation the gentleman had last week was you know he wanted to buy the electric trucks. Um, right. Um, and they were, and and he was they were four hundred thousand dollars, right? And they're. That's four hundred thousand dollars for the truck. I don't. He, maybe he didn't properly explain it. But when you buy a truck, yeah. it doesn't come ready to use. You gotta put something on the back of it, like the like a box on the back to put your cargo in, or a tow truck body, or a service body. So, and that that that's if you put just a simple box on the back, that's another twenty thousand dollars just to put the box on the back. Want to put a lift gate on? Add another five. So, four hundred thousand dollars plus twenty. Plus five, you know, so you're not your wow. four and a quarter for this. You want to put a tow truck body on, that's to add forty thousand dollars. You want to put a service body on, that's good for that's good for you know for thirty. Um, oh, plus the compressor, plus the welder, plus all the tools. Um, but um, but then I, I was doing some research on it. Yeah, they're good for the the one he was talking about, which was a little Freightliner, nice, clean looking little truck. They had the batteries are mm-hmm. are located in the frame. And the and the the motors actually attach straight to the differential, so they have electric motor that, that attach straight right directly to the the differential with an adapter plate. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I'm like, well, hopefully, in order to tow that, you have to take the axles out to tow it. Um, but uh, um, they had a they had a range. The little the little truck the gentleman was talking about last week had a range of two of two hundred and fifty miles. Okay, and. Hmm. It, yeah, if you right. if you drive from if you drive from Oracle and Ina to Golf Links and and Harrison, that's forty five miles. And you could do right. that four four times, and you're and you're yeah. one hundred and sixty miles. Plus, you know, yeah. and I you know that's assuming that it that there's a you know there's going to be power while you run the air conditioner. There's going to be Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing's going to be sitting, you know, and when it, I don't, you know, I don't run an electric car, so I don't know. When you're sitting there idle at, at the, at the stop doing the delivery, like FedEx, they turn their trucks off. Do you turn it off? Does it just turn off? I assume you just, you just shut it off and let it go. So there's no AC working. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I, I called the, one of the OEMs and I was asking them about, you know, battery charging life. You know, what do you, what do you do? You and I both know that when you run your cell phone, after you run after you charge it a bunch of times, it doesn't charge quite as good as it used to. Uh, same principle right. applies to electric cars. Um, so it's they're interesting. They, they'll be out in um, 2022. They'll be ready to go, and, and we'll get to see. Um, well, the one, the Ford electric that's coming out in 2022, uh, all electric F-150, it's got that power. Uh, station on it in addition to that. And I'm thinking, okay, if you use a uh, battery-operated 20-volt, 18-volt drill, and you're drilling and you're working that thing and you're working it wide open under a full load, that battery is going to leave you in a hurry. And I look at it and say, okay, if you park an F-150 out there and it's all electric and you're running these power stations off of it, I don't know 
Uh, I like I said, you know, somebody that uh, knows more about that uh, these electric vehicles, especially the new Fords that's coming out, GMs and Dodges and all of this. If you want to call the show seven one nine fourteen ninety and shed a little bit of light on this, a little bit of information, so that people, you know, will know what they're buying. If you want an electric vehicle, you're going to buy one anyway. You'll you'll bite the bullet and buy it, uh, just like we all do. If I like it, I'll buy it. But you need to be aware of of the usage. If you're going to sit there and run uh, power tools for two hours on this truck, uh, what happens to the power? I mean, how does it regenerate when it's just sitting there and you're running the power grids? I mean, is it regenerative? Uh, does it actually try to charge its own self as you're doing this, which I think would be the only way you're going to pull it off. But I do not know. I don't have that information on this, and it's very skeptical. I can't find it. <clears throat> I, I can get opinions all day long on uh, YouTube, uh, but I found <laughs> out that YouTube is a source. Uh, just you read it, you put it your computer up in your head, and then you say, okay, now, does this actually make sense? Is this, is this, and you read enough of them and all of a sudden that little light comes on, you say, that don't make any sense at all. Or yes, that can work. That's possible. But that's after you do your homework. I just, I don't know know how that works at all. And you know, you make a great point, Jerry. Um, people driving electric cars, there is a formula, you know, to, to speed versus battery usage, just like in a gas car. If you, if you, if you mash the gas every day, you don't get very good gas mileage. You know, if you drive reasonable, your mileage will go up. Same thing happens in an electric car. If you run that thing on the gas, you know, if you're mashing the gas all day long, the battery goes down quicker. So maybe 230 miles on a medium-duty truck is is okay if it's riding around at 30 miles an hour. But what if you're doing 70? You know, and what if the guy's in a hurry because you because your package delivery is late? And and you get you you're you're thinking oh I got 230 miles and you you realize you only get 150 and now what do you do what do you do then what do you do when the car uh, you're because going... you're not going to pull into QT and get a charge at least not today well <laughs> if you own a vehicle as it remember when the diesels first become real popular back in what 93 92 93 when they first started coming out. Everybody started buying diesels and said, man, this is the greatest thing in the world. Well, they are until you got ready to go get diesel fuel. Then not every station had diesel fuel, and it was a pain in the butt. You know, I remember having to drive across town all the way out to Triple T truck stop just to get diesel fuel for my diesel because that was pretty much the closest place I could find. Then they started coming in gradually, and now you can pull into most most of your uh, all of your news stations you can get it and but you still have problems with some of the little circle k's that's been around forever and all of this that haven't upgraded your pumps to diesel and some of them have some of them haven't but the best thing on a diesel is don't let it run out when you get to quarter of a tank start looking but um well i mean that's still that's true. the way it is that, that's true. Okay, so let's say that, you know, over time, chargers become prevalent at, at most convenience stores. Well, you're not going to be there two minutes. You're going to be there for 30 minutes. 
So now how many charges right. do you have to have for people sitting there for 30 minutes trying to get a 50% charge so they can go on, you know, because they're already late? Because I, I hate to tell you this, well, life happens. It happens really fast, and it happens really bad sometimes. And I don't know anybody in this world that doesn't isn't in a hurry for everything. And you know, there's always you always got to be someplace, and you're always thinking you're late behind it. Nobody has the perfect schedule of they you know they get they get up at at, at five o'clock and they and they everything perfect, and they leave the house at seven, and at seven fourteen they're here, and at, and at seven twenty eight they roll in their work parking spot. Yeah, that doesn't happen like that. None of that it takes place. We're, we're a very mobile society, and to tell somebody, oh, by the way, you have to roll over there and park for 45 minutes till you get the car charged. Um, you know, uh-huh. I have an appointment, and <laughs> you know, okay. So I, I hate to well, tell the guy that's a doctor who's like, oh, I forgot my char. You know, oh, let's let's do one even better. I plugged my car in last night at home. You know, everything was great. I go outside and it's not charged. What do I do then? Because mechanical devices break. We all know it. I, I plug my cell oh, yeah. phone in thinking, oh, it's going to be charged. I get up in the morning, and you know what? It's dead. I'm like, that stupid cord is bad, or the charger wasn't right, or whatever. So, you know, you go out in the morning thinking, oh, everything's going to be hunky-dory, and the car's dead. Okay, now what? I guess Uber? You better have plan number two. You you better have, you better have plan number two. Behind so you can get to work. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Are you going to put a generator in the back of your car and try and charge up the battery while you go? I, I don't know. Well, so, the, I, I went in. I I had the privilege of life happens. I had I, I only got about a minute for the uh, top of the hour. Uh, but I took my little Honda in to have uh, – I, I sent it down the shop, and I said, I want this thing tuned up. I want it uh, motor vac. I want all of this stuff done on this little car because it's dropped the mileage on me. And I made them check the catalytic – or I requested, and they did it, check the catalytic converter and all of this. And, yeah, everything uh, – It's the spark plugs were medium-worn, so they changed the uh, spark plugs, uh, and I'm going to run out of time here before I can get the rest of the story. And I will come back with the Honda CRV and see if it sounds familiar to you and your cars and your situations. All right, we've got to take a break, Jimbo. It's the top of the hour, 719-1490. Uh, like I've always said on the show, I talk the first hour. You need to call me, 719-1490, with anything you want on these vehicles. Any questions you have about uh, towing especially, what cars can be towed, what cars can't be towed, how do you tow them. Uh, there's a lot of 